There's me. There's Molly. Hi, I'm Belle Pancakes. And joining me tonight on the stack, I have the grittiest in the game, Miss Molly McCoy. You've seen Molly on the GCW 24-hour Fight Forever stream, Effie's Big Gay Brunch 2020, and regularly tearing it up, sometimes with a partner, sometimes with not a partner, at Camp Leapfrog. Please welcome Molly McCoy. Thanks for having me, Val. Thanks for joining me. I was so excited. Good to see <laughs> you again so for excited. the first time since uh, the collective, I believe. Yes. When I, when I snuck up on you in the middle of Bloodsport. <laughs> no, it was it was spring break. And it, it was, was spring break by then. It was spring right. break because Bloodsport. I sat like way up in the like in the GA section because I was like Bloodsport. I was but, um... all over the venue for that. <laughs> But no, you you absolutely came up behind me, startled me, but it was like fine, I was cool with it. Um, but you can see it when you watch it back. I can see you come up to me. <laughs> and, that, and it made me laugh the first time I watched it. That's one of my favorite things about rewatching stuff from the collective is just watching who's like in the back wandering around doing stuff. Oh, and there and it was like it was so awesome. There was just everyone was just kind of wandering around doing stuff. And like we would be sitting, like me and my sister would be sitting, you know, up in the GA or whatever. And we'd look mm -hmm. over, and there'd be there'd be other people there just watching with you. And I was like, we're all fans at heart, aren't we? <laughs> we are. We just love supporting our friends and doing stuff that pops our friends. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you for joining me tonight. It's been I'm so excited. Me too. So uh, just to start off with a little Molly McCoy history. What was a young Molly McCoy like? Oh, geez. I went through, I went through like phases of being like super outgoing, attention seeking, look at me kid. And then like horribly shy kid, which is kind of still how I am. Like depending on in certain circles, you mostly just see like the turned up attention seeking one. But, um, I was still pretty animated, still uh, screaming a whole lot and real angry a lot of the time. Uh, played a lot of sports, wasn't very good at any of them except hockey. So what was your first exposure to wrestling? I believe it was probably when I wasn't really watching it but I was a kid during the Attitude Era, so DX and the NWO and Sting were really huge. And eventually, Boomer and I were like, man, maybe we should like actually really, you know, start watching this. And it fell off for a little bit, you know, sometime around like between 2001 and 2003, like wrestling stopped being cool for a little bit. <laughs> But then um, sometime around like, I wanna say like 2008, 2009, like we hopped back in because it just happened like to be on the TV one night and um, we were like super hooked within just a couple of months uh, doing moves in the family room and then deciding like, you know what? Maybe we should try this out. Maybe we should go try training. So, who is your wrestling inspiration? Oh, my wrestling inspiration. Um, I always talk about China. China was a massive inspiration for me um, because she was like one of the first people I ever saw that really bridged that gender gap. And, you know, uh, I can't speak for every kid, but when I was a kid, it didn't really make sense to me. Like, why? the divas didn't go for the heavyweight title or they weren't in the Royal Rumble and stuff like that. Cause I'd be like, but it's an opportunity to headline WrestleMania. Why wouldn't you want to go try and do that? And then um, when China was in the Rumble, like she enters at number 30 and it's this huge pop. And that was kind of a really defining moment for me where I was like, I want to do what she just did. That looks like a bad bitch. Oh, can I curse? I already cursed. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> okay, great. Because she was. She was a total bad bitch. 
And um, people used to clock her all the time for looking like a man because, like, it's just you'd never seen an athlete of that caliber. And I think that was super intimidating. She was just so before her time. So how did you decide to pursue wrestling? I know you kind of talked earlier about how you were just doing moves in your family room. Uh, so we're super lucky to be in the Philly, Jersey, New York area because we have no shortage of excellent schools. Um, and Chikara just seemed like the obvious one to go to with um, Uncle Dasher being there. So I remember back when I first started looking at schools, it was when CZW and Chikara shared the ECW arena. So I almost um, went then and was gonna start at that point. I could have gone to either CZW or Chikara. And uh, I wound up at the Wrestle Factory with a really excellent group of people that are some of my best friends in the whole world and some of whom uh, are still with me at Camp Leapfrog today. And now I'm training at the Worldwide Dojo with Cheeseburger a lot more often. And Burger's an excellent coach. And that's about uh, where I started training. Yeah. And I was training for like three and a half years before I had my first match. Because uh, athletically, things do not come to me as quickly as they do, you know, Boomer, who was training for maybe like eight months before he had his first match. Well, put the time in. How did you, so you said there were a lot of schools and you ended up at the Wrestle Factory and then on Shakara and now with Camp Leapfrog. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you decide where to start? I know that you, you said you kind of had like an in, but um, what made you pick Shakara over CZW? <laughs> well, a couple of good reviews. <laughs> A little bit of research. Uh, <laughs> and um, it was also, uh, Chakara had like uh, tiered courses at the time where it was like, you can take classes for like seven weeks and if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You didn't like drop a ton of money to sign up just to decide, oh, it's not for me. Because that was my big fear going into it was like, I'm going to take a bump. I'm going to hit the ropes and this is going to suck and I'm not going to want to do it. Thankfully, that's not what happened. But um, I'm like, I, I had just finished up college uh, to get a degree that I realized I really didn't want to do anything with and I still hadn't gotten to pursue wrestling. Um, and I was working just like a part-time job, really bored doing that. So I was like, I need to like, I, I need to find some sort of fulfillment here. Uh, and it might as well be pursuing a dream job. So that is how I wound up at Chikara at the factory. So what was your first bump in your early training like? Not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> which was a massive plus oh man I remember just like panicking on the very first day of class thinking like god what if I suck what if I'm terrible and like to be fair I wasn't like excellent right away and that's why it took me like a good like three and a half four years uh and at the time I was, I was getting kind of bitter about it because it felt like so many people were laughing at me and it like, man, what am I doing wrong? But it really isn't like doing anything wrong. It's just people learn at different paces. And the thing that I appreciated about Chikara and now appreciate about Camp Leapfrog and Pizza Party and a lot of these uh, newer promotions that I've been working for is that there's a lot of respect for the storytelling where it's like, we're not just gonna throw you on the show just because you're ready. There's, you know, there's gonna be a buildup and a reason for you to be here as opposed to just being like, you're here now. It's, I guess this person's just, just showed up and they're just going to wrestle now. <laughs> here you go, wrestle. <laughs> like, here, here you go. 
tiny little razor hawk just uh oh, there here you go have a bird <laughs> and you're like okay <laughs> okay give me three birds give me four birds we had so many a whole flock of birds just give me a whole flock of outer space hawks <laughs> that's what i'm looking for hmm. i mean isn't everybody uh, if you're not then i assume you've never seen a razor hawk or danger hawk match to which you are missing out uh i cannot wait to see them make their big grand comeback later on this year as the air show that'll be super exciting Ooh. yeah i'm excited <laughs> hey, i'm glad they're still tagging i'm glad that there's more um tag teams that like stick together and are booked as tag teams that's really exciting yes um I very much enjoy tag teams that are tag teams that make sense as tag teams. So like, like you and Boomer make perfect sense as a tag team to me. I hate when it's like two random people thrown together and I, and I just don't understand right, where you're as like, to why. It's probably because you guys are friends, but like, what, what else is going on here? <laughs> We're just like, I, I don't know, put them together. Go ahead. They'll figure it out. <laughs> They'll make it work, right? Right. Like, the best part of tag team wrestling is when you've got, like, the these tandem offenses that you aren't going to get in singles wrestling and the really exciting, like, tags in and out. So I there's no reason that, you know, teams that aren't regularly teams can do that. But I think that actual tag teams that work together in that style all the time have just more of a sensibility about it while like i'm sure a lot of tag wrestlers are not as adept singles wrestlers i definitely feel more confident tagging than i do in singles so um how did you develop your hockey wrestling persona a lot of it was kind of just what was given to me it was just oh you're angry and play hockey and you make sense with the baseball and football people. So insert right here perfectly. But um, it was also just really playing up, like being kind of a bully older sister, which I'm not saying like I'm a boy or anything like that, but you know, just shoving Boomer around a little bit. He's pretty cool with it for the most part, I think. And um, just really playing up like that over the top like any kind of emotion that i'm feeling because i feel like a lot of the time when it's a baby face that's out there they can be super duper over the top happy but like then it's just so one note like bringing that energy when you are also sad and angry. There are so many multi-dimensional stories to tell in that way. So that's always been, I'm very expressive with my face as a lot of people have pointed out. So uh, I do really like when I just saw photos from my last match at Fight Forever uh, on Alley Cat's Real Hot Girl Shit with Lady Frost. All of my faces just like look like fear and I don't know why that's the emotion that I picked uh, <laughs> for that particular match, but I just look like a lot of like cringy faces. <laughs> so just being real over the top with the emotions has kind of always been my go-to. I mean, I personally would be scared having to face anybody, but I mean, Lady Frost is a little scary. Like she's a little way. bit scary. This that was also like our fourth time wrestling together, and um, any time that she was going for the kicks, there was one time where um, she accidentally just like got me right in the head, right here. But it was because I leaned into it like a genius, and she was <laughs> like, "I'm throwing this one." So on this one, the whole time I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I watched um, almost all of Fight Forever and How? how'd you do that? <laughs> it's so um, wrestling. I I really like wrestling. <laughs> Me too. But like, oh man, there was a I I think I had to be up at like 
little before 6 a.m. to get there for Cibernetico. So I made it like, I just made it to the end of For the Culture before I was like, I gotta, I'm so sorry. I gotta <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> I took two 20 minute naps. Good. That's probably more <laughs> than some people. When I was there, I walked past uh, Jimmy Lloyd, looked like he was just sleeping, standing up, which by that point, I wouldn't blame him. Yeah, I heard you guys had it kind of rough in there, so. <laughs> it wasn't too bad, honestly, because by the time I got there, a fair amount of people had been in and out and been wrestling for a while, so enough body heat seemed to have generated <laughs> that I was not too freezing. Like, they said dress warm, and I dressed warm, and I was sweating, like, before I changed into gear. So... What are your future plans as far as in your personal life or wrestling or both? And then what makes you like, what keeps you motivated and what keeps you going? The major one is get vaccinated. Honestly, (laughs) I've been trying so hard to get something scheduled, like, because I don't feel a hundred percent confident with like travel and stuff like that. Even like not very far away travel until then. So I feel like I'm not going to be able to like fully open my books up to all the potential wrestling opportunities until that point. I've also tried to like scale back and not wrestle every single weekend because I don't want to potentially like, you know, someone accidentally got exposed at one show and then they're going to take it to another show. Like that's a big thing that I do like, I do not want to have that sitting in my brain because that's the kind of stuff that I wind up thinking about but um I have a few fun things lined up for the end of March uh Cassandro Cup is going to be March 28th and I'm very excited for everybody to see that and then I'm going to be filming uh, a few more few more secret things in between then and uh Polyam Cult Party 3 at the end of April where I get to wrestle Alley Cat Super excited about that. Uh, And then we'll see from there. I'm trying to just like pick and choose. And a lot of the time, like I don't really get to see my wrestling friends like I used to because I'm not training like I used to be. So I want to get back into a really solid training schedule where I'm going at least once, if not consistently twice a week, Um, brush up on everything uh get a little better in some areas like my technical wrestling i feel like i used to be a pretty decent tech wrestler and now still life has lapped me several times over like she and i uh practiced before going into cybernetico and uh anytime still life says to me oh let's chain it's always let me tie your legs in knots (laughs) and normally i'd be able to counter her much easier i just hadn't been in the ring in so long so she had me beat pretty quick (laughs) (laughs) so outside of wrestling like what other hobbies do you have has everyone developed like really wacky pandemic type hobbies to eat up their time because i feel like i've probably done like some of those more so than i have my regular hobbies, like outside of wrestling, I'm a big sneakerhead. I think a lot of people have realized I love like the most outlandish sneakers I can find and finding them on a budget, but I can't wear them anywhere because I never go anywhere. Um, And plus during winter, I get super scared about, you know, getting my white shoes dirty, uh, even though they're sneakers and they're meant to be worn. So, I haven't gotten to do a ton of sneaker shopping as of recently, but um, I more recently got into a really weird like side of Reddit all about like lost media and like TV and movies that have been lost to time. Uh, and I just recently rediscovered uh, like a movie from my childhood that Nickelodeon tried to claim absolutely never existed, but then Reddit was like, 
no, we're pretty sure this existed. So they got Nickelodeon to play it again. The movie's called Crybaby Lane and it's now available on YouTube. But um, I think I'm going to I'm going to film my reaction to that because it's been a good 20 years since I've seen this movie that was once considered lost. I remember that movie, but I was a big Nickelodeon person. Thank you. So nobody remembers it. <laughs> I was a big Nickelodeon person like where I lived, like we didn't have unless you had like a giant like giant like satellite dish like we didn't get very many channels at all and so i was lucky we had a giant satellite dish and i grew up on nickelodeon that was i was all nickelodeon cartoon network and disney channel and i loved scary stuff even as a kid so i was super into are you afraid of the dark on nickelodeon and that's why i liked crybaby lane because it looked like it was like this spin-off of are you afraid of the dark and so then it was that Goosebumps uh, on, I don't remember if Goosebumps was on Cartoon Network or ABC. I think it was on Fox. Is it on Fox? I think, I think it was on like Fox Kids like back in the day. Oh my God. Yeah. I used to watch Fox Kids all the time. And then uh, So Weird on Disney Channel. Oh, that was the best. I was so excited when I saw that it was on Disney Plus. Oh, it's on Disney Plus? Oh my uh-huh. God. Oh my god, I'm going to binge so weird. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> it was one of the first things I looked for on Disney+. Plus. It's just like the weird um, like Disney Channel original movies from your youth. My brother uh, found um, the movie Don't Look Under the Bed, which was a movie that we had totally forgotten <laughs> about. It's another one of those things where you look at it and you're like, this was meant for children? The 2000s was a different time. <laughs> Did you check out Brink at all? Brink, probably my favorite yes. Disney Channel original movie. Yeah. Oh, that's when, <laughs> when everyone started reposting the um the screen cap of the guy going, let's play it, bro. When blading was cool. <laughs> we need to bring that back. Not yeah, for me. Whatever. I can't blade. But... Big resurgence in rollerblading. <laughs> Pandemic, y'all. <laughs> Pandemic, better blade. <laughs> so um you said you were into sneakers what's your favorite pair oh i have i have a fun pair that i'm looking right at i can show you right now i have two yeah. pairs hang on yeah yeah show and tell i believe hockey is on so if you hear screaming that's uh what's going on in the background uh, it's fine. I live in an apartment with crazy people. CC Boost sent me the link to these and was like, you need these. And I was like, you're right, especially because they only come in children's sizes. And I am a youth seven, which is very yes. helpful when you're trying to, you know, not spend a ton of money. But uh, I think I wore these for the second polyam party because it wasn't the first one. But I wore these for second polyam party. Love these. Uh, big game Leroy has threatened to steal them. So I'm going to try to uh, avoid big game <laughs> stealing my shoes. Uh, and then these ones are the most recent ones that I wore. These are the Shrek SB Dunks, which I found just, yes, a, a pair of shoes came out themed off the movie Shrek. I found this one by total happenstance for like, 70 bucks there was one pair it was in my size so i was like i need these and then the last person i ran into on the way out of fight forever was everett connors and i said everett are these dope and he said those are so dope so they got the everett seal of approval That's well awesome. if they have, i mean if they have the everett connor seal of approval then right. clearly dope everett seal of approval then it's probably a pretty good fit well, and they were in your size, and they were the only pair. You yeah, had to purchase them. It was really destiny, honestly. They were there for you. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Shrek has always been there for me in times of need. <laughs> when in doubt, turn to Shrek. <laughs> when in doubt, put on All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> and just type yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, moving right along. Um, an excellent segue because my next question is what is your favorite like hype music or like road music for 
traveling or for hyping yourself up for your match or oh for for road i usually listen to podcasts i was like i remember coming back from tennessee i made it through like the entire uh i made it through like the seven episodes last podcast on the left did for the kennedy assassination and like i think i think i lost yuda and boomer probably by like episode three or four but by seven i was just like i think i've solved the conspiracy (laughs) (laughs) it's eight in the morning in west virginia and i know who killed jfk (laughs) that's the majority of my road music is uh just podcasts that i can get lost in and uh for hype music what do i listen to for hype music a lot of uh a lot of pop punk from like that era of like 2010 to 2015 uh i love stuff like state champs and um who else was big at that time uh I like the wonder years uh wonder years who were big chikara fans uh, and we tried to get them to come to shows and fight us all the time. <laughs> That's, I think Wavera still has a, uh, Wavera cut a promo on Soupy ages ago that I filmed and I think they reposted it again. Like they're really trying to wrestle um, Soupy after the Melrose Diner video. And uh, I recently got back into Basement. Basement was a band that I was super into for a while and I kind of forgot about. And then um, I think I was in a car ride with Oreo Speedwagon and somebody else. And Xavier Faraday is also like super into that era of pop punk. So I was like, man, you know what band I haven't listened to in a while? And he cuts me off and is like, Basement? You want to listen to Basement? I knew you were going to say Basement. Puts (laughs) it on because it's already ready on the phone. uh that and then like a little bit of hip-hop too i really like uh childish gambino and kendrick so that's always really good hype music and those are my go-tos so what podcast do you usually listen to i was listening to so much uh last podcast on the left just a lot of true crime stuff. I really liked my favorite murder too, because I think those girls are super funny. And um, I love I love true crime stuff that isn't super duper serious. Like I tried stuff like Sword and Scale and I was like, this just kind of feels like I'm literally just listening to interrogation <laughs> uh, audio, which I don't love. So like the comedians doing true crime I like because you get like a couple nice little breaks in between and doesn't get super serious while I'm also getting the information I wouldn't I don't know what the last podcast I listened to was though I haven't listened to it in a little while because I haven't done like crazy amounts of traveling and I never get handed the aux cord anymore after uh (laughs) part seven of the JFK assassination (laughs) Gee, I wonder why no one wants to hand me the ox anymore. (laughs) I mean, that's fine. You can take all the glory for solving JFK. You're on your own. This is true. And then, like, if Pancakes just wants to play, you know, um, indie wrestling themes and listen to the Chuck Taylor entrance music, like, for two hours, that's fine. Oh, yo, when the Crucible got their entrance music, they used to play the song just constantly all the time because it was a bop. But there was one time uh, on a car ride, um, Tunku Amir just had like headphones in while everyone else had the radio going and everyone was like, Tunku, why do you just have headphones in and you aren't listening to it? And he's like, um, I wanted to listen to the Crucible song, but I didn't want to bother all of you with it. Uh. <laughs> we were like, you can put it on, it's a good song. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> poor Crucible. Tunku's doing all right now, though. Tunku's been back in Singapore uh, since the pandemic started, and like he's now a fitness TikToker. So, like, <laughs> good for him. He's the professor on TikTok. If any of you want to go follow, 
<laughs> I think I follow him on Twitter and I've seen that and I just go, okay. <laughs> you know what? He's got good tips though. It's clearly working for him. <laughs> so what is your favorite city to wrestle in? Favorite city to wrestle in? Philly is probably always going to be my seminal favorite because like this is the city that I've always gone to wrestling shows in and you know started out as a fan in the crowd in and um just Philly crowds have such like this bodacious energy that you're not gonna find like a lot of other places I also love wrestling in the Chicago area around there because those fans remind me a lot of the Philly fans but it's not quite the same i think that's why i like it though is it reminds me of uh it reminds me of home uh and then new england crowds are really fun to wrestle in front of too because you've got like some of the uh some of the slightly like more rambunctious boston type fans but then you got the people that are a little bit more reserved that like brought their grandparents or like <laughs> they have the, like the super well-behaved kids who aren't running circles around the <laughs> ring <laughs> Those, those I think are tops. Oh. So who's been your favorite opponent? Ooh, good question. Favorite opponent. Um, I really, really enjoyed when Boomer and I got to wrestle the main event at Pizza Party. And I'm super excited that more people know who Midas Black and Jay Lion are now because they are such a tight, like on the same page, crisp tag team that have stuff that is, you know, it fits who they are. It's fun with the gimmick, but then like, it's also just very um, acrobatically smooth. Uh, I really, really enjoyed wrestling the main event. And then Oreo Speedwagon. I love wrestling Oreo because I trained with them. I came up with them. They've been my friends for, you know, like probably the last three, four years, uh, maybe even longer than that. But uh, we've gotten to wrestle once before, fairly early in our careers too, and keep saying like every year we're going to run that match back. And every year we're gonna get a little bit better because every year we like added on a little something more to what we're doing. Uh, those are probably my favorites, yeah. And for singles, um, probably Still Life. Still Life and I have a really good, um, we've wrestled like four times now maybe. And like, we're very good at communicating to one another now. I really enjoyed the match that we had at uh, Pollyann Party. That was my first ever uh, hardcore match with weapons. I kept calling it a death match and she was like, you're so intent on this being a death match. Why can't it just be like the funny, we have art supplies match. And I was like, I'm, I'm used to death match now. I've watched a lot of death match wrestling in my time stuck indoors. Cause it's not, I don't necessarily want to do it. Kind of want to do it feel like my gimmick definitely lends itself very well to it but you know coming from places like Chikara and Leapfrog that are very child friendly they probably don't think immediately like oh yes let me put Molly McCoy on my deathmatch show um but I do very much enjoy watching it. I was not a deathmatch person until really the pandemic hit and then like throughout the pandemic I've like really gotten into it and I'm like Pandemic life made me hard, I guess. <laughs> pandemic, we weren't the same after the pandemic. I, I got really into it back in like uh, 2010 when Moxley was the CZW champion. Uh, and that was part of what led me to want to go train when um, it was all the schools running out of the ECW arena. I was like, oh, sick, Mox is the champ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I would absolutely, I think it would be very cool to see you in the death match. Oh, thank you. I, I would like to. I would like to get to that point. That's definitely on the list of goals somewhere, somewhere along the line. That was, I was hoping I would get to um, Tara Calloway and I were supposed to have a match at H2O before Tara got injured. So I hope that that's a match that um, I can run back 
I was very worried I would never ever get to wrestle her because she uh, retired for a little while there. I would love to see that match. I want to do it. I really want to do it. <laughs> so other than, so I know that you, you normally tag with Boomer, but if you could pick a different tag team partner, just like oh. kick Boomer to the side. No. Like, who would you pick? I can't do that. I mean, just not forever, just for like... Not forever, minute. just temporarily. Uh, I have to pick another tag team partner? Like if Boomer oh. was sick. <laughs> if Boomer, Boomer was sick, so we had to pull somebody else. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what would be really fun to tag with? I want to tag with somebody big. I want to tag with like Big Calyx or like uh, Max Zero. Because I think that would add a really that would add a really fun uh, dynamic to the team, and uh, both of those guys like go pretty crazy. So I feel like I could come in with you know my little like hit them low stuff uh, after you know zero hits the last shaven unicorn or something insane like that. Uh, I think I'd work pretty well with those teams. I think Boomer Calix and I were supposed to be a trio for something last year that got pushed aside because pandemic but that's a trio that i really want to happen again i i would love that i i like max zero and big calyx so calyx and boomer team together i think for a dropkick depression show and it was one of like the funniest not like over the top trying to be funny they just naturally are very funny together and the promos for it were really good if I can find any of those, I will repost for sure. Yes. There was a lot of Calyx throwing Boomer. And <laughs> well, I mean, it lends itself to that. He is a small ball, so. So what is your favorite move to take and what is your favorite move to give? Oh, man. Favorite move to take. I have tried I've tried so many times to call this in matches to take it. And it's Matt Bukowski throws a really good question mark kick where like his foot also just like stays there. And um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it other than like, I think he throws a really good question mark kick and it doesn't feel like murder. Although I probably shouldn't say that it doesn't feel like murder because Matt's a big, strong MMA boy who uh, I don't I don't want to downplay his abilities at all. Uh, getting to wrestle Demoris the little bit that I did before he retired uh, and taken the downfall was always pretty fun because it looks so much more. It looks so athletic and like I can backflip, but like I don't like backflipping. <laughs> <laughs> He, he does a lot of the work to make, uh, he looks like also makes the other person look like a star. And I appreciate that so much about him and about anybody that's capable of doing that. It's not easy. Uh, and favorite move to give. One of the coolest moments of my career was I had a, um, I had a fatal four way. It was myself and Boomer and then um, Marcus Mathers and Austin Luke, who are both uh, H2O kids, um, and they are also a tag team. So it was kind of like every man for themselves tornado tag sort of situation. Um, and I can't pick a ton of people up. Just it's mostly a height issue more so than it is a strength issue. But um, for to break up one of the pins, I got to Yuranagi Marcus. And I felt so strong and big, and I wish I could do that with more people. And Marcus took it brilliantly. But then um, I also accidentally sprained Boomer's wrist in the process <laughs> because his wrist was like stuck under him somehow for the pin uh, when I went to go break it up. And he still blames me for spraining his wrist, even though it technically wasn't my fault. But it's he fine. Should... He, got, he got payback later in the match. I went to catch it for a dive and he just kneed me super hard in the quad. It was the biggest, craziest bruise after that, too. <laughs> and then what would like a dream match for you be? Oh. Dream match. A lot 
of women that have moved on to bigger things like NXT and AEW. Um, I'm a huge Candice LeRae fan. I would absolutely love to get to wrestle Candice eventually. I think um, my my like dream tag match would be me and Boomer versus Gargano and Candice. I think that would be like, I could have that match and retire because I'd just be so happy. Um, and then uh, I saw in the Royal Rumble, Victoria temporarily came out of retirement and she went on a really fantastic indie run uh, in her last couple of matches before this, um, this, I don't know if it's one night only or if she's going to be back for a little while, but that's one of those like, man, if I can get a match like that, I would absolutely love to get to wrestle um, some of the women that were in like that original wave of the revolution, like a Victoria, like a jazz, because it'd be such a learning experience. And because they're still just really killing it. Like after years in the business, they're just doing incredible work. So those ones, those are my picks. So um, we talked a lot about travel. So what's like every, you have to have at least one like really good travel story, either something like really funny or something exciting. Um, something memorable and if you need to like give people aliases by all means we don't want to embarrass anybody no more than any of them have probably already embarrassed themselves <laughs> <laughs> or myself oh boy other other than the uh other than Tunku putting in his headphones to listen to uh to listen to the crucible music uh in that same car trip people were getting pulled over left and right for some reason the cops were just like really on top of us for the entirety of that trip and um at one point that same van had gotten pulled over and um they uh the cops were asking uh whoever was driving about something but pancakes had been asleep in the back of the van and Pancakes did not have his seatbelt on because he had been laying down asleep. <laughs> so the cop, like, looks back at Pancakes and he was like, hey, I can't tell if you have your seatbelt on. Do you have your seatbelt on? And Pancakes could have lied. It was dark. But no, Pancakes was like, no, I don't. <laughs> so the cop gave him, like, a $20 ticket <laughs> just because... <laughs> Just because Pancakes couldn't be like, yep, definitely have my seatbelt on. He was like, no, I don't. <laughs> you, you deserved that one, Pancakes. <laughs> no, I, I have never met Pancakes, but I do, um, as you know, um, we'll watch Matt Mikowski on Twitch. Yes. And, that, and that sounds like pancakes <laughs> it's, it's very typical pancakes i understand now why people thought that he was like an inside joke we made up and wasn't actually a real person <laughs> once like once he had graduated to taking bookings i was like what the hell he's real <laughs> we thought it was just like the universal name for you know funny student but nope oh i have another uh story about how uh on the way to the collective the uh the car for the collective was myself still life josh wavra and matt mikowski and um at one point we were maybe like less than an hour away but um there, there was a ton of traffic on the main highway and Still Life was driving and she was like, should I just like pull off and like take this little detour? We're like, yeah, it's gonna be 10 minutes, do that. Um, little did we know, Still Life has an intense fear of like American backwoods, like redneck country. And she had to drive through like 10 miles or something of cornfield. And she's so stressed the whole time where she's like, we're gonna die. We're gonna die out here. Like something's gonna come out of the corn and kill us. And we're like, you're fine. Nothing's gonna happen. At one point, um, 
at one point uh we had to pull over because waver had to pee and she nearly just sped off without them like cause she wasn't gonna hang out in the cornfield anymore <laughs> it was also like at that point in time what this was the october before the election so, so there's like trump signs everywhere and there's signs like make liberals cry again like stuff like that and we're like we need to leave we can't hang out here that much longer <laughs> We are not welcome. <laughs> yeah, this is not this is not our time or place. These people do not want to come to our wrestling show. <laughs> well, maybe they do. Well, we're not going to invite them. This, <laughs> you know, that was something that I noticed about the collective was it seemed like there weren't a lot of locals there. No, it was a lot of people that like flew in or drove in um and pretty well self-policed for the most part which i appreciated i mean i know there were a few people that were um a few crew members that were like really on top of the keeping your mask on and everything which was deeply appreciated but for the most part yeah not not a ton of the uh indiana folks which i don't know if that's going to be i bet you that's going to be the same case with mania weekend i will not be down at Mania weekend, but I feel like it'll probably be a lot more people that are flying in and coming to visit than it will be Floridians. Like, um, I know with um, in Indiana, my sister and I had taken an Uber and we were talking to some, my sister talked to people. She was talking to the Uber guy. And he's like, yeah, I had no idea there was anything going on at all. And I'm like, well, there's a lot of people there. <laughs> for... Isn't that something that like, that's something that crosses my mind every so often is like going about my regular day, looking around at people and being like, they have no idea that the collective just happened or that fight forever just happened. Or like that. I just made the PWI top 500, like things like that. And then it's like, I don't know how to communicate that to these people either. There was one um, really funny circumstance where, um, I I was going about my daily life and I just happened to run into uh, Zia, who is a very prolific photographer in the like Philly area. She used to photograph Jakara all the time and she just like pops right in front of me and I was like, I want to hug you, but don't do it. I just came back from the collective. <laughs> so I, I got to talk to her a little bit about it, but then I was like right back to whatever I was doing before, back to the world where nobody knows like that this exists and what's been going on. That was like, I guess, because I'm I'm going down to Tampa for Radio Weekend because mm -hmm. oh, why not? But um, pandemic. But whatever. Um, but it's weird to me, like, because I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a lot of like casual fans. Yeah. At the collective stuff or the IWTV stuff, I think it'll be more of hardcore fans coming in for it than like. I guess I'm here type fans. Maybe I'm wrong. It's 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 hard to say because I did do I did Mania back in like 2017 in Orlando, but I didn't really get a good judge of the crowd. Um, but when I did it for 2018 um, in Jersey City, it still seemed like a lot of local folks. There was a lot of folks that were just like driving to and from every day because a lot of the workers are from the Jersey Philly area, and that was just easier than you know, having to get an Airbnb or anything. So I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's like a territorial thing or what the story is there. I think well, more people, like, especially in the case of workers, have kind of like flocked to those areas where it's like, well, I know there's a ton of work in the Philly, Jersey area. I know there's a ton of work in the Midwest and Southern California. And then occasionally you just have like those outliers. Like I'll talk to Aspen Rose eventually, who is like, please come get me from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come to Polyamcult, but I'm stuck in Florida. <laughs> oh. So um, upcoming shows, I know that you had mentioned the Cassandra Cup. Mm -hmm. And if you could just run down the upcoming Molly McCoy sightings. <laughs> so I have Killian Murphy 
Killian McMurphy. Oh man, I've accidentally referred to him as the uh, the actor in Twenty Eight Days Later a few times now. <laughs> the Killian McMurphy in the first round of the Cassandra Cup, uh, and that's gonna be super cool. I'm very excited for that to have like a a show that is all LGBT performers, but um, it's it's not so gimmicky. It's more like this is our legit like hard hitting tournament that I think is really gonna like catch a lot of people by surprise uh, and be really exciting. And then I have a few little secret projects we're gonna leave under wraps for now. Uh, and then April 24th, I believe in Pittsburgh is Polyam Cult Party 3, where I'm gonna be wrestling Alley Cat. And that's gonna be super duper fun. And then, oh, I wanna say, I got one more thing going on, but I can't remember what it is right now. So for now, for now we've got um, Cassandra Cup and Polyam Cult Party, and those are gonna be super exciting. I'm I am so looking forward to the Cassandra Cup, just to see everybody kind of have their moment to shine. And right, I can't wait for everyone to see it. Like. Man, Billy Dixon booked a stacked tournament, and even like the non-tournament matches, it's all very good. I cannot wait. So what would you tell a 10-year-old Molly, knowing what you know now? Oh, boy. I don't want to say something really cheesy or corny like it gets better, because it wasn't necessarily bad when I was 10 or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if 10 year old Molly is the one that I would talk to as much as I would like 13, 14 year old Molly, who was like really struggling and going through it. But um, it's for her, I would say, uh, you know, I and I still feel this way today that like, I'm constantly rushing to the next thing and putting all my anxieties and worry into like how's this gonna go I need to get there I'm on a deadline I'm on a schedule like instead of really just getting to like live in the moment and enjoy it and enjoy moments for right now and like take that time in the present whether it's to just sit still and reflect or like think about and plan for the future. So then you're not gonna feel like, you know, so anxious or like everything isn't gonna go right. Uh, so to just like be still, I guess, is the best way that I would put it. So a couple of just kind of like fun questions, like don't have to think about it too hard. Um, how do you normally take your pancakes or what is the best pancakes you've ever eaten? Dude, I used to eat pancakes dry and people thought that was really weird. It is weird, but you're like the third person I've heard tell me this. <laughs> I used to. I just wasn't a big maple syrup or butter person. Like, I, I liked the pancake for what it was. Um, and my mom made really solid buttermilk pancakes, so I wanted to be able to taste it. But now, now I'm a little bit of syrup and a little bit of butter. I can't. I hate it when the pancakes get like super sopping wet with maple syrup and then it's just like falling off the fork and then I have to wrestle to get this pancake onto my fork. So little bit of butter syrup combo. That's fair. I don't know how you can eat dry pancakes. Like that doesn't like nothing like no, like not even like peanut butter or. No, I've never had pancakes with peanut butter unless like it was already mixed into the batter. Maybe I could. That doesn't sound like a bad idea. Could you do like a peanut butter and jelly pancake? Ooh. This is gonna like be- you could, put, like you could put peanut butter on one half and jelly on the other and then like make a sandwich out of it. Oh, maybe. That's gonna be like sacrilege. I've spent, I spent a lot of time in Vermont in my childhood where maple syrup is, uh, maple syrup is law. So uh, I don't know how people are gonna feel about that one. <laughs> I'm all for experimenting with your pancakes. Yeah, you know. Make them your own. See what happens. And then, um, so say you're 
in a store and you're looking at the cookie section and you're looking at the Oreo cookies. Okay. Oh, I know a question is coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to go single stuff or double stuff? Double stuff. Always double stuff. Even if I can only get the single stuff, I'm going to separate them and then combine them into other Oreos and make them double stuff. When they come out with the Lady Gaga, like double stuffed Oreos, it's over. That's all I'm ever going to eat again. <laughs> I'm just gonna be smashing double stuff, Lady Gaga. Smashing like pink Oreos. <laughs> Do you Does have like any difference? Not really, but it's pink. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite like alternate weird flavor of Oreo? I yes. Oh my god, this was so strange. So you know how Oreo will just come out with random flavors every once in a while. There was one time where I was grocery shopping with some friends for a vacation and we were looking at the oreos and there were get this oreo cookie blizzard like from um from dairy queen oreo cookie blizzard flavored oreos to which i was like wait so did you make did you take oreos make a blizzard and then put it back into the Oreo. That's just more Oreos. <laughs> that's like Oreoception. It is. That's what, I think that's what we were calling it. Was that's just Oreo Inception. Like <laughs> you just made more work for yourself. I was like, we already we already had Oreos, and then you made them smaller Oreos, and then threw them back into the. And cream. now we're back at Oreos. We're back at Oreo again. Uh, oh, mm -hmm. which of course we got them, and you know what they tasted like? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Probably Oreos. It was Oreos, yeah. They pretty much <gasps> tasted like Oreos, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, the flavored Oreos. Sometimes I get roped in, and I look at them, and I go, okay. Yeah, so you know, flavor, fine, mostly just. Had to know what was going on with Oreo Inception there. <laughs> so is there anything else that you want to talk about, plug anything tonight? Um, even though I'm not going to be in Tampa, everybody should watch Big Gay Brunch and For the Culture and Real Hot Girl Shit and all of the shows that are going to feature uh, the performers that we often only get to see featured on shows like that who should 100% be on main cards as well and get supported, you know, outside of Women's Month and Black History Month and Pride Month. Like, these are the people that, like, are so incredibly talented and you should be seeing everywhere. So please, throw those people your support. Throw those people your dollars if you can. Um, get those hashtags trending. Uh, that is what... Um, those are the shows I'm going to have my eyes on going into Mania Weekend, for sure. Well, thank you so much for spending time with me. Thank you, I've loved having you here. Um, this has been The Stack. I'm Val Pancakes. Again, it has been my absolute pleasure to speak with Molly tonight. Um, I know you can follow Molly on Twitter at underscore Molly McCoy underscore. Yes. Do you have Instagram or anything else? I don't. I never bothered with it. I Twitter is enough. <laughs> Fair. I'm woefully inept at Instagram. It's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, thank you, Molly, for hanging out with me tonight. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Thanks, Val. Thank you, everybody, for watching.
visit IWTV.live today to watch these great action wrestling events plus numerous other archive shows from Action and other great independent promotions. Use code ACTION for a free five-day trial. Don't miss out. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Bald Monkeys. Watch us live on our new Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash The Bald Monkeys.